trigger warning for some people on this episode there are talks of sexual assault and mentioning of our ape so if that's just not something that you want to listen to please skip the third story So I just picked this topic out about five minutes before you came, which was maybe 20 minutes ago. No, you've been here for like maybe five minutes. I've been here for 10, 10, 10 minutes. So 15 minutes ago, I picked out this topic. So I'm really hoping it works out. Okay. I had to check if my mic was on. I didn't even check that part. <laughs> That's fine. But no, this is going to be a fun topic today because I feel like it kind of applies to us in a way. Okay. Which I'm a little scared for. I'm not going to lie. Because it's partially about us, but partially not. So today's topic is, I fucked up. I do that a lot. Yep. So this is just people messing with stuff they shouldn't. Oh, I do that a Uh, lot. And then the shit's happening. Yeah. 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 I do that. And shit happens. I was going to say, this kind of applies to us because we're talking about a lot of paranormal stuff. And it's like, oh, we're kind of like asking for it in a way. Okay. But I think it'll be okay. I hope. Hopefully we don't have too much going on. Cross your yeah, fingers. Say a prayer or whatever it needs to be. <laughs> but I think it'll be okay. I think we'll be all right. We'll just sage the house. I'll just start. Yeah, just, you know, start building that cross right now. I'll just throw a giant cross in the background. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Get some holy water. I'm sure grandma has some. Oh, for sure. And she, one of those little beady things that look like necklaces oh a rosary rosaries yeah grab grab your rosaries your bibles whatever you have because find the one that grandma gave me we're about to fuck shit up as one does (laughs) and i haven't read these so i'm gonna be completely surprised i have read maybe i've I've skimmed it so i kind of know what they're about but i'm going in blind with these stories too with you so this is going to be fun for both of us all right. I am ready. All right. Took the board to a cemetery. Hello, my name is Kevin. I lived in a small town growing up. As a teenager, there wasn't much to do there, but I hang out with friends in parking lots of stores or go to some random party on the weekends. I bought a Ouija board from the nearest metropolis and proceeded to go all in. When I first started playing with my girlfriend and other friends, I discovered the planchet didn't move fast enough. So I replaced it with my driver's license. It moved way faster. We would tell the board to move the license up the wall, and it would. Most of the time, we spoke to spirits who would have something real evil to say. Sometimes there would be spirits that would say, stop this, read Bible. I'm going to say this name one time. I'm not going to say it again. I'm going to refer to them as Z. Zozo, Z, would be on multiple times. I even spoke to someone saying he was Satan. And when I laughed and said bullshit, my license started spinning around the board really fast. But that certainly didn't affect me. I was, and still am, a daredevil. At one point, I left the board at my girlfriend's friend's house. She had thrown it outside where it got rained on. I asked her why she had thrown it out. She said weird things started happening, and she didn't want anything to do with the board anymore. She didn't elaborate. The board was all soggy and mangled. Totally destroyed, I thought. I put it in the backseat of my trunk. The next day, it was back to normal. One night, I decided that I'd take my girlfriend to a cemetery and place the board on top of a grave, She and she was down. She liked to be scared, or at least she thought she liked it. We found the first tombstone that we saw. While I placed the board on the stone slab in front of me, I noticed the deceased girl's name was Holly. Her marker had a picture of her on it. She was pretty and had died about the same age I was at the time, 19. My girlfriend and I had touched the license on the board lightly, as usual. I asked if Holly was there. She said, yes. I asked how she died. She spelled out, dead man's curve. 
There was only two dead man's curves that I knew of in that county. I asked her which one, and she said, Pedro. Pedro was only about a mile from where she was buried. At that point, the board started spelling out, Die, Amy, which was my girlfriend's name. I said, Stop, Holly. She would just repeat, Die, Amy. So immediately, Amy jumped up and said she was freaking out and she wanted to leave. I said that I understood, but we would have to tell the board to say goodbye. She reluctantly did. We left the cemetery I was driving. Amy was freaking out. As soon as I made the slow 90-degree dead man's curve turn on the Pedro, there was a very loud sound that hit the rear window of the truck. Amy was really terrified then. I was trying to make sense of it. Like, was that a freaking deer or somehow jumping in the back of the truck? and hit the rear window, it was loud. Almost like if someone had hit the rear window as hard as they could. And there was absolutely nothing there. I drove to Amy's mom's house to try and figure out what the sound was the whole way. When we got there, I decided we needed to say goodbye again while we were sitting in the truck. Amy agreed, and I asked if Holly was still with us. She said yes. I asked her to give us a sign that she was really with us. I implored her to show herself. After about 10 seconds, she spelled out, Look at windshield. There was a bunch of condensation on the windshield at the time, but near the bottom of the windshield, close to the dashboard, I could clearly see, written in very soggy letters, Holly. Amy didn't see it right away, but I did. I immediately said, Holy shit, and pointed at it. Amy immediately ran from the truck and went inside the house. I tried to get her to say goodbye to the board, but she wouldn't. About a month later, I got Amy to play the board again. Somehow, she could get it to work by herself. I never could. I think that people have different levels of spirituality or psychic ability for sure. Her level was higher than mine. I was just a witness to Holly showing up again on the board. Amy was the only one controlling it, and it would repeatedly say, Die, Amy. I love Kevin. Die, Amy. I love Kevin. She made it say goodbye, and we never played it again. Years later, I found out that Holly actually died in a car accident on Dead Man's Curve, and it still trips me out to this day. That's super key. Hope Amy's okay. What? I thought the story was going to be like, oh, and my, like, girlfriend died, like, three months later or something. Yeah, that would be tragic. That's what I was waiting for. Right. Right. But also in the beginning, they mentioned Zozo, right? Mm -hmm. That they've had experiences with Zozo. Yeah. Yeah, so so that was like... Now I'm going to refer to as Z. (laughs) Uh, That was like, remember the last time, like, time we were on together? They had an encounter with Z, um, and shit went wrong, and then they, and then these guys, they have an encounter with Z, and then they decide, oh, let's keep going, let's keep doing it. I'm just like, well, what the fuck? Well, that's just it. If you're having bad experiences, like, stop, maybe? Like, I understand sometimes when you have stuff happening, like, oh my god, what else can happen? What else can happen? But just because you can does not mean you should. Right. You could get hurt. Like, these things can hurt you. And though we're telling these stories and we're like, oh my gosh, this, this, and this, and we talk about a lot of dark shit. But if things started happening really poorly and we didn't protect ourselves, and, like, I thought we were actually in danger, we would have to stop for a while. I'm not going to keep going. Right. I mean, like, also bringing it to a cemetery, that's probably one of the worst places to bring it to. Why? Yeah, that's terrifying. No, like, I... That's terrifying. I I wouldn't want to do it in my own house, let alone uh, a cemetery. No, yeah, if you're gonna do a Ouija board, I definitely don't recommend doing it in your house. Personally, I don't recommend doing any sort of, like, super sketchy shit in your house. I don't even like podcasting in my house. Like... I'll do it, it's fine, and it's been fine. But the minute stuff starts happening, that's when I'm going to start questioning it. Because at that point, am I at risk? Are other people at risk? And you just, you don't want shit in your home. That's the last place you want it. You just, Mm -hmm. you don't want it in your home. That's your safety spot. I mean, 
that that's you're supposed to be be able to feel comfortable in your home and you don't want other things that aren't wanted in your house and especially demons and the devil yeah i don't know i think that's a little terrifying is what throws me off a little bit is this guy kind of put his girlfriend at risk i feel like yeah Yeah. and the fact that uh they didn't say goodbye just left the portal open and you know it could have been worse well yeah and i'm thinking well this girl yeah i understand she doesn't want to say goodbye i get it like that's terrifying i wouldn't either but i feel like he was kind of pressuring her to keep going I don't know. Maybe it, we weren't there and we just misconstrued things. I don't know. I don't know. Ooh, maybe Mike. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The guy kind of set me off, though. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm a daredevil and I still am. Like, okay, good for you. Like, I, I get you want that adrenaline rush, but at the same time, you kind of need to recognize some of the safety concerns here. Yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't also be pushing your girlfriend to be doing this kind of stuff if she doesn't want to, you know? No, that's terrifying. Kind of mean. I'd cry. Yeah. Yeah. If Sos was telling me I was going to die or wanted me to die, I'd cry. I'd cry. And I'd never never pick it up again. I would would definitely be very scared. And uh, if someone's pressuring me to do that, I would drop them from from my life. I'd be like, no, fuck you. What's even worse is like, she said that she threw the board out and it was all soggy and gross, right? Mm-hmm. Threw it in his truck, perfectly fine the next day. That sucks. That's gross. I don't That's why I won't ever purchase one. Absolutely not. Yeah. 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 I I don't like that. No, when uh, Abby and I were done with our little paper one, we ripped it up yeah. and threw it in the trash and it never came back to us. Thank but God. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would no. be terrifying. Oh my god. I I hear that all the time though. I hear stories of people doing Ouija boards like, oh I tried to get rid of it and it came back. I'm like, that's how you know you talk to the wrong like cinematic. Yeah. That happens in movies where like someone will throw something away and then it comes back. Like, no, like, you fucked with the wrong shit. Yeah. When it starts coming back, it's like mm, take it to a church and Recycle it. Turn that. No, don't don't recycle. You don't want to recycle a Ouija board. I would burn say uh, burn it, throw it in the fire, and then maybe roast some mallows over it. Well, I was going to say throw some holy water on it while it's burning. Yeah. When the fire goes out, that's how you take out the fire yeah. is holy water. Say a prayer over that bench. Just like have a bucket of water, throw a rosary and say a prayer over it. Yeah. Or I don't know, whatever religious artifact that you want to use. Throw it in the water done boom throw it yeah burn burn we're dead we're done it is out of my hands now yeah next story next story we're gonna keep going with people who fucked up i hope i never become one of these people why i stopped telling ghost stories this is my first time posting on reddit so please forgive me if i don't get the format right to start in my culture we avoid saying ghosts especially the particular ghost names. For example, in the Western culture, there's the Banshee, Woman in White, the Boogeyman, and stuff like that. In my culture, I'm Malaysian. We have ghosts like the Pantacock. I'm going to pronounce these all wrong, so please forgive me. Ghosts like the Pantanak, the Pekong, and the Toil. I don't know how to pronounce these. I'm so sorry. Saying their names out loud is said to summon them. I love ghost stories. But not the Western kind. I love Asian ghost stories. Perhaps because that's what I grew up with. I found them spookier than Western ghosts due to the language barrier. There's not a lot of Malaysian ghost stories available in English. So six years ago, I started a YouTube channel where I read ghost stories that are mainly from Southeast Asia. I would record my voice reading the stories at home, of course. Since I was living with another girl at the time, she also happened to be my colleague. We are working at customer service call center that operates 24 hours, and our shift rotates weekly. Our two-bedroom apartment was really small, that there was barely any privacy when it comes to noises. So I would usually only record when my roommate was out. I didn't want to bother her with my voice, and I would prefer not to have sounds from her going about her life in my recording. One time, my roommate was working the overnight shift. She left about 8 o'clock in the morning, and I just got home from work about two hours prior, so I decided to record my second video. 
About half an hour after my roommate left for work, I started recording in my bedroom. I think it was a little bit more than halfway through the second story. I heard someone entering the apartment, which was weird since her shift should have at least take about eight and a half hours. I thought if she came home early, it would be more than likely that she's not feeling well. So I went to check on her. When I went to look for her, she was nowhere to be found. The only logical explanation was the sound was from the next door unit, so I went back to recording. Not more than 15 minutes later, I heard the sound of a chair being pulled from under the dining table and followed by water running in our shower room just seconds later. Confident I was home alone, and went to check it. My bedroom door was facing directly to the shower room door. As soon as I opened my bedroom door, I had a clear view of the open shower door, revealing a dark shower room. At this point, I was getting nervous. My thoughts were all over the place. I froze for a bit before deciding to look into the shower. The sound of running water, water can still be heard. When I fixed the shower room light on, the shower was running, but there was no one in there. I turned off the shower and went looking for my roommate again. Maybe I missed her the first time? But still, I found nobody in the apartment. A little nervous, but I was determined to continue recording. I wanted to be a YouTuber and hoping one day I can quit my job and tell ghost stories full time. So I did. I finished recording the stories It went straight into editing. Around 1am... I needed a toilet break. As you can see in the diagram attached, the toilet was separate from the shower and can only be accessed through the kitchen. After I'm done with my business, while I'm passing through the kitchen, I could hear a giggle from the living room. That stopped me in my tracks. I had a clear view of the well-lit living room. There was obviously no one there. At this point, I knew I was not alone. I ran into my bedroom and locked the door behind me. I hid under my covers, and that's when I heard something try and open my bedroom door. It went on for what felt like for forever. I fell asleep, for some reason. I finished editing my story, and posted it a few days later. Everything quieted down for a little while, so I decided to record another story. This time, I was recording during the daytime. It was my off day, and my housemate was out shopping or something. Everything went smoothly, so smoothly that I was able to post the video by the time my housemate came home. That night, we decided to watch a movie together. Before we started the movie, I went into the kitchen to make myself some snacks while my roommate picked a movie. Our TV is positioned on the same wall that divided the living room and my bedroom, and the sofa right across from it. So you can see the kitchen door and shower room door when sitting on the sofa. As I was coming out from the kitchen, I asked my roommate if she has found a movie. She was looking at me with a surprised look. Didn't you just go into the shower room like 30 seconds ago, she asked. I just shook my head and went still. The topic died there, and we picked a Malaysian horror comedy movie. Mid-movie, our shower room door whipped open violently, and we heard what sounded like a giggle. My roommate decided to sleep in my room that night. That was the last time we watched anything related to ghosts. Since then, I often hear furniture being moved, giggles, and saw shadows moving in my peripherals. But when I turned to look, there was nothing. Sometimes, even when my roommate is home, she also has experienced some spooky stuff in the apartment, like her back being tapped by something while she was in the kitchen, hearing my voice calling her name when I was not home, and a shadow running from the kitchen into the shower room while she was watching TV in the living room. We stayed there for a few more months until my roommate quit her job to move back to her hometown, and I decided to move in with another colleague. The new house was much larger. It was a three-story house. I stopped recording ghost stories for a while after that. Even though I love ghost stories, I do not particularly like experiencing one. It took me about eight or nine months before I had the courage to record another ghost story. It was not a very good idea. I will post about that one soon. And if you are wondering why I'm sharing the story now, apparently, even after I stopped recording ghost stories, I still encounter supernatural activity 
so I might as well share it. That only applies to us a little, a little bit. Yeah, that was uh, very creepy. Um, this is kind of why, like, um, I don't like recording in the same place that, like, I live. But now I don't live here, so it's not a huge deal. Now you have to deal with it. Haha. <laughs> Which is why I usually keep the door to this room shut. Yeah, no, I can. I feel very. Um, I, I guess I can relate to this a little bit, like you said, uh, because whenever we would uh, be done recording, and if we did it at nighttime, I always got chills. I always felt like weird vibes. So, I mean, even talking about something can bring it into existence, and that's why when you're doing things like these, you just have to be so careful and i feel like this is more of a serious episode but usually they're pretty lighthearted, and we try to make light of it just to keep the energy up and positivity because i feel like when you're reading these stories and they get really dark and spooky and you're just like oh my god i feel like you're more likely to attract something i feel like if you keep it light and you just take your precautions i think it leads to less because you're not just deep diving into something you shouldn't if that makes sense i don't know if that made any sense but i don't know yeah i just think you have to take the precautions because like i mean whether you believe in this or not uh we sage the house we have some uh, protection in the room for us and when we're done recording we're done recording where we don't do anything else we edit we're not we're not doing anything dangerous like we're not actively seeking out experiences like we're, we're very careful yeah we don't try and bring anything from the stories to us we don't try to do anything like that well even when i'm reading i'm not using using actual names a lot of the time i try and not say them too much because you need to take those precautions if you start seeing names of demons yeah. don't read that shit don't acknowledge it, yeah it's like beetlejuice you don't want to say it three times otherwise beetlejuice will come <laughs> so um yeah it's just um so you got to be careful with this kind of stuff but also I I do feel bad for her because she didn't know any better. Yeah. yeah. No, I. it sucks because I know you want to keep recording and that was her dream to be a YouTuber. And I mean, we're doing the same shit. We're doing the same shit, which is why this is extra scary for us. I was like, mm -hmm. oh my God, we're doing this. And something could very well happen. And I think that's important to acknowledge. And yeah. I really wish I knew what precautions they were taking, if any. Like, were they doing any sort of prayers? Were they doing any sort of protection? Because I think... Mm -hmm that would help and i hope maybe one day they can get back into it because i know that was a passion of theirs right but maybe take those extra precautions yeah it it extra sucks because she really enjoyed doing it and she said it herself she quit her job so that she could do this full time she, she quit her job okay she was she i don't even know if it's a she i don't even want to assume but they they wanted to quit their job their goal yeah. was to quit their job to do this whole time and be a YouTuber. So I, I feel bad. That's kind of unfortunate. Maybe they could find their way back to that passion. Yeah, I'm hoping, hoping that, like, these incidences didn't forever ruin it for them because that really sucks. Like, if something, like, I like to take photos. If, like, one instant, um, if, if something happened that made me hate taking photos, that would be devastating. Yeah, I'd be really sad. Yeah, I'd get back into it, but yeah. safely. I hope nothing ever happens like that to us. Yes, I hope not. Uh, jinxing it, knock on wood. I mean, of course, yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course, of course, we are. We are we're, we're, we're careful, and if you like, like any of you guys out there want to do want something, to do something like, this, like this, definitely, definitely take, take precautions and be careful with it. With it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just have things happen. You need to address it accordingly. Yeah. But I think we are on to our third and final story. Okay. I feel like one of these days I have to go to like four or five stories instead of three, because I almost always do three. <laughs> I think three is a good number. Good number. Three is a magic number. What are you what? singing? It, it's at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh. It's the credits. You know, when the credits come on, three is a magic number. Why don't I remember that? I've only seen the movie one time. Because it's credits. I suppose. You're also like a Spider-Man fiend. I just know it because like a lot of people use that as a sound on TikTok. So. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, I don't know where I've been then. I don't know. Well, anyways. Story number three? Story number three. <laughs> number three. Okay. 
This is why I don't play with Ouija boards. This story is 100% true and happened to me and my best friend during the summer of 2006. This girl was my closest friend. For the sake of her privacy, we'll call her Mandy. Mandy and I spent all summer doing stupid things. Building forts in the woods, exploring abandoned buildings, smoking weed on playgrounds, and hanging out at the skate park to check out the boys. We were just bored. 14-year-old girls, both of us came from messed up homes. My family dynamics were pretty abusive. And while Mandy's parents were also not the greatest, they treated me like their second kid. I was even allowed over when Mandy wasn't there. Although it was nice to have a second home, Mandy's house always freaked me out. There was something about it that always seemed dark and heavy. Even the area outside the house seemed dense and foreboding. It freaked her out too, and we were both convinced the house was haunted, despite no previous history indicating any reason that it would be. At that point, nothing bad had ever happened to me at Mandy's house. Mandy had a few stories about hearing bumps in the night or things falling off shelves. Even though she was my best friend, it felt like it was possible that she jumped to conclusions. Regardless, both of us felt uncomfortable there. So if we were not taking advantage of the Comcast or her computer, we were usually out in the neighborhood being typical teens. I can't recall how it happened. I was getting into witchcraft, so that could have been the catalyst. But at some point, we got this bread idea to start using Ouija boards. Again, not sure how we concluded this, but we thought creating our own board would be safer than buying one. Honestly, we just didn't have the money, and I think we wanted to justify an excuse for it and being a good idea. In the beginning, we made the Ouija board on a piece of printer paper. We wrote the alphabet numbers 0 through 10, and indications for yes, no, hello, and goodbye. We popped out the lens of an old pair of glasses and traced it in the center of the paper. Here's a brief explanation on how to play, in case you're unfamiliar with Ouija boards. You need at least two people. You sit across from each other so the board is favoring one person and the opposite someone else. Each of you places your fingertips on the eye of the glass lens, in our case. If a spirit is communicating, it will feel as if it's moving on its own. Although your fingers need to lightly relax on the eye, barely touching it. It's important to note that in order for the eye to move, you need at least your finger and your partner's finger to remain on the eye, touching it slightly. Now, you think that the other person you're playing with is moving the eye on their own account, because that is the sensation you feel. I can't speak for early experiences I had with Mandy. Maybe she did move the eye to fuck with me, but after a couple times, it was pretty obvious neither of us were moving it. I can't explain how we have this type of trust in each other, I guess. If you have a best friend, you would understand. The first few times we played with the Ouija, we were at random places that neighborhood legends deemed cursed or haunted. Old jungle gyms, graveyards, you get it. Most of the time, it was just us giggling and freaking ourselves out. But gradually, we started having more conversations. It was actually kind of cool because it really felt like the eye moved on its own. Nothing major happened at first. The lens would move extremely slow, and it would take time to spell the words. The point was, things actually did happen. And after that, Mandy and I were totally addicted. We would play Ouija all the time, and we were constantly trying to upgrade the way we made our board to make it more functional. We would find spookier places and wait until night to go there. Honestly, nothing happened that was memorable. Yeah, we had some interesting conversations, and even if it was pretty creepy, Mandy and me came from such messed up homes that things like evil spirits intrigued us more than scared us. We were just happy something exciting was happening. Boredom makes teenagers do stupid things. And like all addictions, we had to always get more of a rise. So one day, while sitting at her house, switching back and forth on her computer to check out MySpace and Quizilla, we discussed ways to upgrade the board. I suggested we make a new board out of a mirror. 
We both knew it was a risky idea, as mirrors are a controversial item in witchcraft. They are portals, much like Ouija boards and tarot cards. As such, a mirror theoretically amplifies whatever we might be calling out to. I remember looking at Mandy while her blue eyes got wide, and she got this shit-eating grin on her face. She pulled an old jewelry box off of her dresser and opened it. Inside was a rectangular mirror pasted to a roof of the box. We ripped it out pretty easily and used a Sharpie marker to write the usual Ouija board script. The mirror was too small for our glasses lens, but by then we opted out of using the lens and started using an oversized mood ring that didn't fit either of us. In previous experiences, we found the mood ring especially cool because it always turned black when we played Ouija. I don't know if this holds any paranormal significance, but we thought it was cool. I remember, as we constructed the board, Mandy suggested we use it in her house, since we were already there. The hair stood up on the back of my neck when I looked at her, and she looked at me solemnly. We had never played Ouija in our house at that point. While we were convinced the house was haunted, Mandy's house scared us. Ouija didn't. It might have rattled us or freaked us out, but we never got seriously scared. But, as I said before, something about her house has always made us both very nervous. So, of course, my 14-year-old mind viewed fear and excitement in the same light. After all, it was the middle of the day and I guess we were feeling brave. I grinned at her and she smirked back at me. In that moment... We came to an agreement that could have only been made between the eyes of two best friends. We traced the ring in the center of the mirror and placed it on the hardwood floor in her room. Very lightly, I placed one fingertip on the side of the ring. Mandy did the same on her side. Usually when we played, I would start by asking, is anyone there? And if it moved, usually to either yes or hello, Mandy would follow up with saying, what's your name? And we would alternate questions like that. Just when Mandy placed her finger on the ring, I barely inhaled, filling my lungs with the usual question, when the ring smoothly glided to hello before either of us said a word. Mandy and I looked up at each other, exchanging the mutual thought of, that's never happened before. Mandy opens her mouth to ask her usual question, but immediately the ring starts scanning across the alphabet in a circular motion. Mandy and I had had this happen in the past. We found that this action seemed to be the spirit exploring the board by gliding through all the letters and numbers before spelling anything. The difference between this and the previous games is, in the past, it would take a pretty long time for the eye to inch slowly and jaggedly through the board. The first time it happened, it was cool. After that, it was boring. This time, however, the movement was smooth and strong as if there was a mechanism under the board that was moving their mood ring in a fluent, constant force. It was anything but boring. Honestly, we were so shocked with how quickly the spirit tuned in and how strong the connection was that I think we both totally blanked out on what to say or ask. The ring began to scan across the board faster, not spelling anything until Mandy finally asked, Who are you? The ring stopped moving for a moment, and suddenly, with absolute direction and precision, spelled out, Who. Are. You. I am Andy, and this is my friend Laura. What's your... It began spelling out a phrase without Mandy finishing her question. Ugly girls. Again, Mandy and me exchanged the same expression. A cross between insulated and disturbed. We didn't have any time to register how we felt about the remarks since the ring continued the spell. First it spelled out Mandy's name, then mine, then the word ugly. It repeated this process again and again. It probably spelled out the phrase at least ten times. Each round it went faster and faster, jerking the ring so quickly from letter to letter that it would fly out from under our ice-cold fingertips. Just as quickly as it had spelled out, Mandy. Laura. Ugly. It quickly shifted to a new phrase without any break or pause. It said, 
in hell. And they proceeded to repeat this several times over again as well. Mandy and I were too petrified to say anything to it directly. But Mandy whimpers to me softly. Laura. Hmm, I asked, still hypnotized by each letter as it halts in the center of the ring, only long enough for us to see it. You're not fucking with me, right? At the very same moment, I answered no. The ring snapped to the word no. This freaked me out so bad I had to pull my hand from the board, squeeze the fist, and shake out my hand. My fingers felt like icicles. For some stupid reason, I put my finger back on the ring. Maybe because Mandy had kept her finger on it, and her pale eyes looked at me like she had seen something horrible. But I didn't say anything. I put my finger back on the ring, and this was when it started seeing some really scary stuff. It didn't move as quickly as before, but it was just as strong and mechanical as it had been the entire time. I can't recall all of the exact phrasing, but when it addressed Mandy, one thing I'll never forget was it spelling, Your father won't fuck your mother, but I will. I wanted to puke. It's not like we had never heard something like that, but... Coming out of a mirror with a sharpie marker, that was some scary shit. Then it moved on to me. It told me things I'm not comfortable with repeating. I don't even care if it takes away from the severity of the story. Just understand that this was some true shit that Mandy didn't know. One thing I say was that whoever or whatever this thing was, it was really into calling us ugly and saying it was going to rape our moms. At one point, I remember it saying, Satan eats your mothers. And then there was some more. Another messed up thing. It said, I will rape them if you don't give me your soul. Everything it was saying was making me feel more and more nauseated. Honestly, out of all the things it spelled, for some reason, the most terrifying thing was when it would snap the ring from H to the A. The ring would slide between the letters so fast, it almost sounded like snickering. At this point, you might be wondering why we continued to use it, or how few creepy phrases it could be that scared us. You might even think Mandy was responsible for it, like she was pranking me. Now I adore my friend. She is a smart person. But I know Mandy well enough that even if she was capable of sliding the ring around in a way that was convincing... There's no chance she would be able to spell everything out with so much precision so quickly. And there's just no chance she could make up such horrible things that fast. I knew this was impossible for her to do without so much of a slip of the finger or a giggle. Plus, we might have been morbid kids, but we couldn't play this kind of joke on each other. As far as us simply stopping the game, unless you used a Ouija board like we did... You wouldn't understand that there's something that hooks you in. It's like you can't stop. You have to keep talking. It's like a submerged experience. It's like every nerve is hypersensitive. Every sense is sharp and refined. So, even if it's just a couple passive phrases, our terror overtook every pore of our bodies, and we both felt completely locked in. That alone was frightening enough. But if all that happened were some scary phrases and this bodily experience of complete horror, I might have eventually recovered with logic and reason. I might have brushed it off and in time even laughed and chalked it up to our own subconscious desperation for a big reaction. But that wasn't all that happened. As it spelt out, ha, 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 over and over with both of our fingers taking back and forth on the ring, I heard something from behind me slip, and I saw Mandy's eyes dart from the board and behind me. I didn't have time to turn, but I didn't need to, because the item that slipped from her shelf smacked against the wall I was facing. No, it didn't fall. It was a CD case that was literally thrown. It hit the opposite wall hard, hard enough to make a loud smack. Something about that noise reminded me of how still and quiet we had been, since the spirit had tuned in. We didn't scream. I don't even think we flinched. 
We were already so petrified that the action froze us into place even more. In hindsight, a normal reaction would be to get the hell out of there. But Mandy and me couldn't move. It's not like we were possessed or anything, but like I said before, when you participate in Ouija the way we did, you become immersed in the conversation and you just can't leave without a form of closing. I can't explain why. It's like we were hypnotized to some degree. Even though we didn't bolt, we did take our hands off the board, and we heard the CD case shift. After it hit the wall, we glanced between the shelf and the place where it landed. Consequently, we both happened to be looking towards her shelf when, very distinctly, a picture frame tilted slightly forward, hovering on just the bottom edge for a single moment. Long enough for Mandy to take an audible inhale, and just like that, the picture was released and tumbled off the shelf. The way it looked, it was like someone placing a finger on the top edge of the frame. It held it in place for a second before softly knocking it down. The action was so clear. It almost had an attitude that said, see this picture? I'm gonna knock it over. That was when I got fed up. I turned back to the board, and before I returned my finger to the ring, I said, okay, we're done now. You gotta go. My eye signaled Mandy, and we placed our fingertips back on the ring. My heart was pounding so hard, I felt it in my throat. Immediately, the ring started to move in big, fast circles around the board. You can't be here anymore. I told it in a loud, quivering voice that tried to sound in control. You are banished from our board. We made it, and we decided who we talked to. That's when the ring swiftly jerked to the word, No and sat there, motionless. Even though the ring finally stopped moving, obviously neither of us felt relieved. We knew as long as the conversation was open, the spirit was there with us. We needed to get the eye to slide to goodbye before we could complete the game. Mandy and I softly discussed these rules between each other as our fingers remained on the ring. We concluded the easy fix would be to scoot the ring over to goodbye on our own. And this was when I went from terrified to absolutely numb with panic. The ring wouldn't move. We took our fingers off of it and tried to grip it, pushing it to goodbye. But the ring felt completely cemented in place. I don't know why, but something about the absolute stiffness reminded me of a rigamortis. Rigamortis? We're going to break up that a little bit. It wasn't that I knew anything about dead bodies, but the blunt, unwavering stiffness of how the ring was welded to the word no wasn't human. I picked up the board, held it at eye level with Mandy, and turned it upside down. The ring didn't budge. Mind you, this is a jewelry box mirror and a mood ring, with nothing in between but basic permanent marker. There is no possible way, even look back and 15 years later, of any remote chance that the ring could naturally cling to the mirror like that. Believe what you want. If I ever needed proof of anything unworldly entity, that was it. Still holding the board upside down, my gaze shifted from this insane, impossible situation to Mandy, who was more white than I had ever seen her. She just stared at me in total shock. I think when unnatural things happen that terrifies us, there is a threshold for how much fear we can contain. This bridges on adrenaline and almost anger. In a strange way, as scared as I was, I got pretty mad. I put the board on the floor and said, with all the courage I had, you gotta go, and grabbed the board, both hands. I curved my finger around the outside of the ring, wedged my thumb under the edge of the mirror, and forced the ring towards goodbye. The tension caused my hand to shake for a brief moment. Then we heard a snap, and the ring slid across the hardwood floor. The mirror broke in half and left a long, dark smudge of where the ring ripped across the word no. Neither Mandy or I felt safe. If anything, we were more scared. The breaking mirror has a plethora of bad omens that come with it. But at the very least, it was over. For now. After that, Manny and I discarded the board. I don't remember if we buried it or tossed it in the creek. All I know is that we got rid of it pretty quick. 
In the days preceding, things got pretty weird. But honestly, that's a totally different story. One that shaped my beliefs and resulted in the practicing of Wiccan. I am now. Without going into too much detail on the story, I would say I believe in spirits and magic. I believe these things are real and powerful and shouldn't be toyed or tampered with. In a sense, I'm glad this happened because it introduced me to various forms of protective magic. And although I have some pretty creepy experiences, I never have felt uncertain of how to proceed, nor have I ever felt powerless or terrorized by anything again. I have even helped other people in haunted houses in paranormal situations. Many good things came from the fog of the aftermath. I realize that the ability to be a human places us in one of the most powerful positions in the universe. To feel life to eat food, listen to music, dance, cry, break a bone, have sex, create a painting, run a marathon, all these crazy, powerful things ghosts and demons can't do, nor will they ever do. As long as I can comprehend how absolutely awesome the privilege to be physically alive is, the more I am armed with the empowerment and motivation to face my fears. I believe this comes with anything we wish to accomplish, not just working with magic or talking to ghosts. All that being said, one thing I will never do again is play with a Ouija board. But if I am ever confronted by that same entity that was with us that summer day in 2006, heaven help them. Holy crap. This is the definition of a young young and dumb because there was so many mistakes that were made first of all playing it once but also playing it multiple times and then i don't know how do you get addicted to that well like they said they were kids and not super great homes and they were looking for adrenaline rush that's what they're very much used to is that adrenaline the addiction because that's their environment that's what they're used to that's what yeah 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 and when they're when they're describing it they're like it's addicting it's like it sinks its claws in you Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's an easy way to get hooked yeah because you're looking for that next scary thing like oh we got over that that wasn't a big deal let's get something scarier like that wasn't enough so i i can get that when you're 14 you're 14 how much did you know at 14 i was a stupid shit nothing nothing (laughs) i knew nothing that's just i i'm honestly at a loss for words with this one well, because it's just so like, I I just I don't have the words. First of all, first of all, it was a novel, another novel, um, that was going on forever and ever. It was still interesting. I still liked it, but, um, yeah, um, as someone who made a board out of paper <laughs> and did it with her sister, um. Yeah, it, it's still the same thing as the like oh, one that you can get at Target or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's still like a real board. And uh, even using uh, any random object from um, glasses or the one that I, that I used that was like a little uh, heart um, um, with thing. A Using a mood ring, that was interesting. Um, Using any random object, it still feels like there's a third person pulling on it, even if there's not a third person there. It's still like, I mean, with ours, it was like uh, Easter egg, but for Valentine's Day, so it was a little plastic heart bit. And uh, the end of the heart lifts up, and you could see that it lifts up and drags it to the answers and it's really interesting that like anything can be used as a Ouija board and these girls they use paper they use a mirror it's just also a mirror is a really bad idea now you have two portals not only that but also you can't break mirrors because if you break a mirror that's seven years bad luck well like they said that's a bad omen yeah why on earth would they do that use a mirror as a ouija board that is one of the worst possible things i uh-huh. They could have. They could have stuck with paper, and even if they wanted something better, like cardboard or something, but like not a, a mirror. mirror. Oh my god! Anyone who knows anything about paranormal will tell you that's a stupid fucking idea. Dumb, dumbest shit. Dumbest shit. <laughs> Don't two fucking portals. 
that you just shouted, come play with us. Yeah. Yeah. Then you opened up something like literally anything can come through the mirror and now anything can come through the Ouija board that you created with that mirror. You're just doubling it. I don't know how you felt while listening to this story, but while I was reading it, I almost felt like I was getting absorbed into the story. And as we both kind of, I read off my computer and that's it. I, I zoom in pretty close just to make sure I can read it well. And I felt like I was almost going into the story. Like it was absorbing me. Like that's how the story felt. Like yeah. I had a clear vision of everything yeah. going on around them. And I got, felt very absorbed in the story. You got enveloped. But yeah, I could, I'm very, uh, pick i can see things in my head when i like i i'm not one of those is just like it's these words i can picture stuff very well and even i was pretty absorbed into it i was like wow this like i can see everything yeah, that's happening. that was a very vivid story and that felt engulfed i'll probably have to sage the house after this that was just <laughs> yeah that was that definitely was so intense. intense oh yeah and it was long for a reason oh, because a lot of stuff house. happened um yeah definitely one of those stories that you don't want to read again and one of those stories that you don't want to like even talk about really because it's just a lot happened in it and it was just um fuck up after fuck up and you know they should have just been one and done but no they kept going i understand wanting to do more and see what happens next time next time next time but i think the mirror severely crossed a line they messed with something truly truly bad and i hope they're okay. I hope they haven't had any terrible experiences since. But that's I, I I have I have no words, and I feel like I usually have more to say on stories than this. But genuinely, I'm just in such shock that I just I don't know what else to say. I do, and the I fact that the OB continued to practice like witchcraft and stuff. Say OB. OB original poster. I heard OP. Oh, OP. Yeah. OP. I don't know. I said original poster and then I'm like, wait. I was going to say, did you say OB? OP. It's OP. OP. OP still practices witchcraft and all that. At least they know protection now. Yeah. At least they know. At least they know better. I feel like there's definitely some learning that happened with those situations for sure. At least they took it and now they're like, okay, I know better. I have ways to protect myself. And they seem pretty confident in their abilities now, which thank God. Good for them. And I, I genuinely hope they don't run into this again and nobody else does. Because that's that would be terrifying. Yeah. So hopefully it's okay. Yeah. And best of luck to them. Well, that was a, that was a, that was a pretty good episode. That was a, episode. Very very interesting. All three stories. Yeah. To anyone listening, don't try these at home. Don't try them at and home. I am just gonna have to put in a trigger warning because that was kind of. I think I think scary. lesson is one and done. Don't push it. Don't push anybody to do these things. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys. And hopefully, you never have to experience this. But thank you for listening and give us a follow, a like, whatever have you. Yeah. Or don't, or dislike us. That's fine too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Stay safe out there. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.